Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and we're moving into 2016 in just a day or so, which is very, very exciting. And what better way to bring 2016 into fruition for all of us is to be able to access that part of us, that higher genius, that part of us that can help us be more happy, successful, prosperous, and fulfilled on so many different levels. And I have just the guest that's going to help us do that. Her name is Shava Aima, and she's the executive director and the lead mentor of Touchtone Mentoring and Consulting. She's a former psychotherapist and closed her successful clinical practice to get fully immersed in the spiritual enlightenment traditions and master the time-honored secrets of the saints and the yogis that awaken us to the fullness of our spiritual reality. Over the past 20 years, she's been recognized as a highly unique spiritual mentor, guide, and counselor who helps others awaken the genius within, and she shares secrets and tools that can lead us and them to real and enduring life mastery. She's the author of Soul Analysis, What Your Birthday Reveals About Your Spiritual Destiny, Spiritual Alchemy, Path of Radical Transformation, Living Light, the 21-Day Alchemical Regeneration Plan, The Secret Traditions of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and The Green Lion. So many beautiful books, and I know that there's another one on the way. Hello, Shiva, and thanks so much for being on our show. Namaste, Joanne. It's lovely to be here with you and your listeners today. Thanks so much for having me. It's definitely my pleasure. Now, we were talking earlier because I have this wonderful book that you sent me, The Soul Analysis, and I poured through it, and I find it so fascinating, and I want our listeners to get a, a little bit of a glimpse of this, and I want them to buy it, but, but I want them to get a glimpse of just the wealth of information that's in it, and also what's, what it's based on, because it's, it, like I said, it's fascinating, and it made perfect sense to me when, when I did it for myself and for a couple of friends of mine. So tell us a little bit about how that book came about. Sure. Uh, Well, I've been for 20-some years now a student and teacher of this uh, system of spiritual psychology known as Kabbalah, and it's the esoteric form of Kabbalah. And um, in that system, there's actually, uh, it encompasses its own system of numerology, and it also aligns with um, the zodiac signs and astrology, and it's a very unique um, 
alignment that gets created by that. And of course, the whole point of Kabbalah is to realize who we really are beyond just the personal level, but to realize, as you were saying, that higher genius, the soul part of us, and then our true spiritual nature. And that's exactly what this ancient system was designed to do. It it, um, aligns uh, us by our birth date with the uh, certain planetary influences and it shows us the nature of the spirit soul and personality and so i spent about 14 years researching uh, these old manuscripts that refer to this system and really bringing it into the form of soul analysis where it has so much meaning to us because um, so often we, you know, get caught up in life and we identify ourselves with the struggles and the victories of the personal. And um, that's just really the final outcome of who we are. There's actually a true um, self that's inside of us that has designed that life. And through soul analysis, we get to understand that part of us, our soul, the soul's mission, the spiritual consciousness, the nature of that consciousness that motivates that energy, and then the uh, final result, the personality, and how that's meant to work in harmony to the soul. And, of course, it gets into all of our uh, karmic lessons as well and learning to work um, harmoniously between the personal and the spiritual levels. What's the difference, then, between um, the 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 spirit analysis and and the soul aspect. I mean, how would you how in, would you differentiate the, that for our listeners? Sure, in um, Kabbalistic psychology or esoteric psychology, we say that the, every human being has three components: the spirit, which is just uh, one of the four types of consciousness. In the book, you learn the four types of consciousness, which are the willful consciousness, the intuitive consciousness the intellectual consciousness and the material or physical consciousness, which I call consciousness of the world or worldly consciousness, we're all born into one of these four streams. And this is not uh, energy that takes a form. So we can't say, um, you know, that we have an identity so much as spirit as we have an impulse or an energetic imperative that comes to us, and that is our spirit. That is our uh, the intention of our spirit, is that we will express that particular energy. That energy then embodies the first identity, which is the soul or the higher self. And the soul is, um, you know, where we we really should rest our identity because it's that part of us that has continuity from life to life and contains all of our memories and knows how to carry out those spiritual imperatives. So the soul is also, you know, often known as the higher self, or I call it the higher genius. And it has its uh, its mission in life, and it has its purpose, and it it attempts to design a personal self or a personality that can carry out that mission, but that can also provide for the lessons that the soul needs to grow. So on the on the final aspect of self is the personal self, and this is our individual likes and dislikes and preferences and aversions and um, all of our personality traits. Now, oftentimes when when people look at books that that talk about let's look at your birth date and and see you know see what's going to happen to you, do you believe that that we're fixed that that's fixed in any way or that they're really is 
the ability for us to to shift that to make changes and and that that our destiny isn't totally preconceived that's a very good question and you know there's many layers to that to that question um first of all there is definitely some um some accumulation of experience that the soul or the spirit intends to have happened through this vehicle that we call the personality in this particular life. So uh, we're given this set of traits or characteristics, abilities, skills um, to carry that out and to get the most out of this particular experience. Um, But at the end of the day, we're not bound by that. We're, we're rather, um, meant to master these things and then transcend them. And the first step in that transcendent process is for the personal to learn the nature of the soul and to sort of surrender to that higher genius uh, so that more of the genius consciousness can live through the body-mind organism. Um, And then beyond the soul, there's the soul's own union with spirit, which, as I mentioned before, is completely formless and is pure consciousness. So it's it's not, uh, you know, when we look at soul analysis, we're looking at the descending energy, how energy takes on form and identity. And in the process of mastering these things and, and learning to work in harmony between these different levels of ourselves, we're actually moving ourselves back up from identity, from form, and back into the formless uh, state of consciousness. So first we have the, the challenge and the lessons, and then we have the mastery, and then beyond the mastery we have the union with the divine consciousness, which is absorption, loss of self, or what the yogis would call God-realization or self-realization. Which I think is 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 so so very important to I mean that's one of the reasons that we're here is to really like you said to master that and to and to kind of know who we are now oftentimes people avoid the information the 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 nudgings I would say of their soul, which if the soul is is really the leader rather than the personality. It could bring forth everything that we're talking about, including the higher genius and more success. Mm-hmm. And so, how does somebody? Because because I'm already hearing somebody say, "Well, you know, how do I how do I pay attention to my soul? How do I know when it's my soul giving me that nudge or calling to me versus some other aspect of my personality?" Yeah, that's a great question, too. And here's the thing. Even though we are, you know, for the sake of having a system of self-discovery and self-understanding, we're breaking it down into separate parts to have that understanding. But in reality, in living life every day, it's not separate. So you, have, you we can start by just having faith that everything is in the hands of the higher genius. It's the genius that's making it all happen. So even if the personality thinks, um, oh, gosh, I'm choosing this, and how do I know that's really coming from my soul? And the answer is always the same. You know that something is meant to happen because it is happening. So it's about being fully awake and aware moment to moment. Now, on the other hand, if you sometimes you get a nudge, from your soul or you get an inner knowing and then 
for personal reasons or because of your own personal issues, um, you don't follow that. And that's a different issue. That's, a, that's something that esoteric psychology can help you overcome. Um, connecting to the, the soul or the genius and then hearing from the genius uh, advice or guidance to handle something a certain way or go in a certain direction or handle certain relationships certain ways, that's only one part of it. The second part of it is surrendering to that and following that, even if it means acting against your kind of conditioned um, personal programming. So if somebody said, if somebody kills someone and they say, well, my soul, because <laughs> I don't, you know, my, my soul led me that to, to, to that particular action. What's your response to that? Well, you know, um, the soul is in an evolutionary state. It's not, people, we start to think, we hear this word higher genius and we start to think, okay, that's the part of me that's already perfect and already expanded and that's not the case. The soul is the part of us that uh, retains continuity of consciousness of identity from life to life to life. So there's karmic lessons that that soul has to learn as well. And the first and biggest lesson that the soul starts to learn is the ancient lessons that are contained in all the scriptures, which is um, that first we identify so strongly and so fully as a separate ego that we cannot think of other people as being um, a part of us, an inherent part of the same thing that we are part of. And that's where the whole idea of taking life comes from, taking another life um, in reality you're killing yourself if you kill another person. But when we first get born and we're brand new souls and we're in this world where there's so much separation and so much duality and so much confusion, we identify so strongly in that those first early incarnations as a separate entity that we don't see the unity and we believe in the separation. And that's where the whole um, process of killing another person comes from. It's an ego uh, move uh, strictly in the, in the level of the ego. So we would say that is a soul that has not yet developed to the point of realization of um, rightness, you know, rightness and rightness meaning unity, meaning you can't kill another without killing yourself. And uh, so that's one way of looking at it from, you know, more of a, a metaphysical, psychological point of view or metapsychology point of view. On the so other hand... So basically, yeah. if we're not recognizing that we that there's this oneness, there's this, like you're talking about unity, that, that, that everybody has, everybody, every living thing has this connection to one another. And like you said, if you kill somebody else, that you're, you're killing an aspect of yourself. So it's, it's right. not recognizing that, that essential, I would say that's a really essential learning or, or, you know, t to be able to, to get a hold of. Absolutely. It takes, um, takes centuries and the, this world that we live in, the world of duality, the manifest world, it's three-dimensional. And the three-dimensional world, you know, light is shining all the time. Like it says, you know, in the, in the Gospel of John, light shines in darkness, but the darkness doesn't comprehend it. And when light hits three-dimensional objects, it casts shadows. So we're living 
so much in the shadow world in in the li- in manifest life, and it's only the souls who have a great deal of experience who um, start to get interested in what is really behind that shadow play and uh, start to pull out of that. And I think now, you know, we're certainly in times where that awakening is happening for many more people. Um, At the same time, we're seeing sort of an acceleration of the extreme polarization into materiality. We're seeing so much chaos and, and killing and murder and war and destruction um, because the shadow play has become so polarized into the into the side of darkness, um, and you know, honestly, it's a direct effect of the descent of greater light. When, the more light that comes in, the more shadow that comes into our awareness. So it's the two things work hand in hand, and we have to remember that even that darkness still serves the light. This whole uh, life is like a crucible. You know, it's a purification process and a process of hard lessons and painful learning to get us to wake up. So at the end of all of that, we honor the journey and we honor the suffering because it has served the soul to awaken to a greater realization of light. Well, I'm hoping that we all wake up very quickly. Yeah. I'm, I'm joking a little bit, but but really, I mean, you know, I I think that that creating more light and creating a more soul awareness of what we're here for, what we're doing, and that oneness is is in, very important for for right now. Let's shift a little bit because we've been talking about the soul, the higher genius. How do people? Yeah, what's your recommendation or formula or whatever, Shava, for people to be able to access their higher genius and operate from that from that incredible place of knowing? I think it starts with um, starting to identify what you are not. You know, I am not this personality. I'm not these emotions. I'm not this, these repeating patterns of thought that have been programmed into me. You know, I'm not my thoughts. Um, you can't even point to your thoughts. They, they, they're not really um, tangible. They don't exist, and yet they have powerful outcomes. And until we really know how to master the mind, we should really not dabble too much in thoughts and look more to the heart. Um, the genius is very, very subtle and very, very genius. You know, it knows everything. <laughs> And the genius isn't going to come barging in, banging the doors down and trying to force itself on you. It's going to wait until the personal level becomes very quiet and actually starts turning inward and starts to look for something greater. Um, you know, do you want to go on feeling the burden and the the challenge of having to take on life every day, figure it all out, um, make decisions, know what to do in every moment, how to handle relationships, how to get the career you want. Do you want to take personal responsibility for that, continuing down that path? and uh, Or would you like to be able to relax and have a good time as life unfolds? And the way to the higher genius is to just uh, get the personal to stop. So that even if the personal is doing things, going to work or, or interacting with family or loved ones, you can be saying to yourself internally, the higher genius is doing this. 
the higher genius is going to work. The higher genius is washing the dishes. The higher genius is on social media. You know, and the, and to start to uh, use your your power of your mind to create new conditioning that helps you turn inward and helps to open that door uh, where the higher genius stands quietly waiting. And meditation is very very important, not not um, simply for the opportunity that it brings for the stillness of mind and for the genius to be heard, um, but also for the powerful benefits that it brings to your brain. Um, You know, one thing that's really interesting to me is the physiology of physicality and the fact that spiritual experiences have documented scientific evidence of tremendous effect on the chemistry of the brain and the functioning of the brain. And I believe this is because the neurological system is the electromagnetic interface between spirit and body. So when we undertake practices like pranayama, uh, meditation, uh, mindfulness practices, we are allowing the brain chemistry to, to activate in a different way. And enlightenment is actually a physiological event. So undertaking those practices and being dedicated to your daily spiritual practice will change your brain. And when your brain changes, your consciousness will change. And when your consciousness changes, you will realize that you are the genius and you have been all along. Let's talk a little bit about what that daily practice needs to be because oftentimes, and, you know, I've studied with many shamans and, and, and yogis and whatever, and, and, and oftentimes they, they recommend a very specific way to meditate um, I was with the Sufis for a while. And the question is, I mean, I don't even know if it's a question. I know that that rather, I mean, I remember when, when I was studying, I had a back injury and I could not sit. And I was told that the way that you had to meditate was you had to sit with your feet, you know, your legs crossed and, and because you needed to keep your spine. And I kept thinking, well, how can... You know, are they saying that I can't meditate because right now I'm, you know, I have an injury and I can't sit? And and I thought that's ridiculous. So, and I actually (laughs) have something, well, because it was, and I, because I did it anyway in my own way. And I do what I, what I consider a walking meditation, whereby I, I'm with, you know, everything is quiet. I'm outside. My mind is shut down in a way that it can be open to to receptivity and and to just feel and hear and connect with soul. Do you think that anybody has to do a very specific way of, of meditating or mindfulness to be able to have that that powerful connection? Not, not at all. And your experience is just, um, you know, really strong proof of that. And that walking meditation, walking in nature and just being in nature, being outdoors and being under the sun is the most powerful natural um, method that we can use to open ourselves to the state of meditation. And here's another misnomer that I'd like to address that happens, you know, it's quite common in the West that people say, um, you know, what kind of meditation should I do? And really in yogic psychology, 
um, we can't meditate. Meditation is a state of consciousness, a state of awareness in which we become one with the unbroken flow of consciousness. And we don't, we, that is not a technique, that is an experience. So in order to get to the point where we can experience meditation, well, yeah, then we can use a few techniques to help ourselves prepare and open to the possibility of that state of meditation coming about. And here's what I've seen over the years of, of helping people, and this is what we do through Touchstone. We look at the person's, um, how is that person naturally put together? For one thing, you know, your soul analysis will tell you. Are you an intellectual type? Are you an intuitive type or a visionary type? And if we, we can't say there's one way of meditating for every person. And certainly you should not be thinking about what position is the body in. As long as the spine is straight so your energy flow can happen through your chakras, you can lie down, you can stand up, you can walk, any, any way that you want to do it. And some of the greatest uh, God-realized saints in, of uh, India and the East, were they were recliners. They were always in a state of reclining or they sat in comfortable chairs they don't didn't have to sit in lotus pose. Certainly, sitting in lotus pose on the floor, cross-legged with your spine straight, it's it's good as a yoga position. It does open up certain energy channels in the body, but it's no guarantee that you're going to enter the state of meditation from sitting like that. Entering the state of meditation, you know, we get ourselves into that by finding out what is the best way for us individually, and there are many, many, many different techniques to bring us to that state. So I like to evaluate each individual person. Um, for example, if, if it's a very intellectual type of person, then to tell them to bring the mind into stillness is uh, self-defeating. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so for intellectual people, we have to show them how to use the mind energy in a, in a, in a directed way to take them into that state. You don't have to give up. Um, your mind energy. You just have to learn how to use it to take you into that state rather than letting it continue to run in a way that takes you away from that state. If a person is visual, uh, we can use visual meditation. If a person is uh, more worldly, then they're going to be oriented toward walking in nature. Although walking in nature is really good for intellectual types as well because each of the types has its complementary counterpart and a complement to the intellectual is the worldly energy. So getting those intellectual people out into nature really helps them get in touch with their soul. Um, the visionary type or the, the um, intuitive type needs to get into the fire of the willful type, and the willful type is complementary to the intuitive type. So there are millions of methods. I mean, there's so many techniques. There's mantra repetition, which I'm very much in favor of, for just about everyone, because it gives the mind something to do. At the same time, it's creating a vibratory energy field around us through the body and into the aura. And we're able to build a strong, powerful energy field around us by vibration. Um, there's also uh, contemplation, uh, gazing at an object or gazing at a flame, um, meditating internally, you know, looking into visualizing movements of energy through the chakra system. Uh, and then for people who can do it, there, it certainly is worthwhile to keep on 
uh, moving along the lines of emptying the mind and coming to a place of stillness. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's very uh, helpful to have a coach or a mentor who can evaluate your na- your natural way of being and show you how to use that to take you into that state. And, you know, it's like you said, it's very individualized so that people often do need someone to, firstly, to help them identify the different aspects of themselves. Are they an intellectual? They may know that, but, but there are clues. And obviously your your book, your soul analysis, and the other books really give people that information that 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 they need. In terms of people needing to and and, de- and de- deciding to really develop their spiritual abilities, I mean we all have those. But and sometimes people say, "Oh, I don't, I can't do that or whatever." But it, but it's it's there. But ha- what would you recommend as a way for people to really get involved in doing that, in developing that, in in refining that, so that they can access more of that their higher genius and and more prosperity and success and more healing. Well, you know, we are already that. And that's a really important thing to me. You are we are already that. So why we don't realize it is more the place to work. And we don't realize it because we have different obstructions and obstacles or blockages inside of us. And that's really what we need to focus on, dissolving those those blocks or letting go of them or doing what I call acting against them. So, so many people, you know, on the path, we spend a lot of time in getting to know ourselves, which is the admonishment over the doorway of the temple, know thyself. And you have to know yourself. And knowing yourself takes on a lot of different forms. It can come about through the process of psychotherapy. It can come about through exploring a variety of spiritual methods and spiritual experiences. Um, And getting to know yourself means also getting to know how you get in your own way. What is it in you that is blocking that higher light from totally taking over your life? And usually what it is is these conditioned patterns that, that are inside of us. Like, um, as an example, a, a, you know, we have a dysfunctional childhood or childhood messages that are very negative. And so we hold a low self-esteem or a person has an idea that they're limited and or not good enough. And those uh, things become so entrenched that that's a pattern that replays over and over and over. Even if they get on the spiritual path, even if they get a spiritual experience, that will prevent it uh, prevent it from actually coming into fullness within the body and within the life of the person. So what we what we do is um, get new conditioning. First of all, we have to get new conditioning, which means we have to put uh, some effort into it and. Uh, that oftentimes involves just making a journal, taking an inventory, identifying the pattern, identifying all the negative messages, all the wrong thinking, make a list, and then making a concentrated uh, way of getting rid of it. And one of my favorite ways for people to get rid of it is to do a ceremony to release it. 
So once you've written down that inventory, this is the pattern, this is the negative, this is the conditioning that I, that I choose now to be free of, then you uh, burn a little candle and you burn that paper and you concentrate on, on emptying yourself, body, mind, and soul from all of those beliefs and all of those behaviors and then scatter those ashes in the wind or throw them in a river, turn your back and walk away. And now you have to fill up that empty space with something new. So here's where you bring in the power of, of using your mind energy to create what you really are, to bring yourself to what you really are. And that's where you start to identify yourself as the higher genius. So it's, it's, uh, it's two things. First of all, identifying and knowing what's in the way, getting rid of it, and then acting against it. So I think that, you know, and I used to a psychotherapist for many years. I worked in psychotherapy with, and I specialized in helping people get over really extremely traumatic events and traumatic stress impacts and also addictions of all kinds, alcoholism and drug addictions. And um, what is so important is not that we spend a lot of time um, diving into the old ways or being caught up in the old ways. But once we recognize the old ways and we recognize the old patterns is that we choose to do the opposite, even though it feels uncomfortable, even though it feels unfamiliar, um, even though we don't really know how to do it, just do it, act against it. Um, that's, you know, probably one of my number one tips to the people that I work with is don't get caught up in the analysis over and over of the old conditioning, just know that it's there, see that it's happening, and act against it. So basically, let it go. For, figure out what it is. Which you, which you, and and most people do know what gets in their way, whether or not they want to admit it. That's a whole other thing. They but they do. do they, they do know, right? So acknowledge it and recognize that you. Firstly, that you can get rid of it. Do something, whether it's a ceremony or some other way of, of really emptying yourself of that. And then I would say, and then acknowledge a new way or a new path or, an, or a new behavior or a new alternative that, that you said acts against that, that other habitual behavior that really didn't work and that didn't help us at all. Right, exactly. And so you have to now get new conditioning. So that was the old conditioning. Now you're going to get some new conditioning. And having a spiritual mentor, I can't say enough about that process because having lived in India and had the opportunity to be blessed with a grace of uh, yogis who were already in the real life state, who had the ability just by their presence to, to show people their obstacles and help get rid of them. You know, it's, it's, it, we're not... We're not separate. We're not alone. We're all in this together. We're all one. And we're going to receive that kind of support from other people so that in our own turn, in our own time, once we've made that realization, that same energy can spread through us to someone else. So it's really important to, to, to get the right support and get around the right kind of people, right fellowship is extremely important on the path, too. You know, we can light our fire and sit in our own meditation and have our own visions and our own spiritual experiences, but that little ember is not going to keep on glowing unless we get it up against some other embers that are also glowing and on fire. So 
that's the way to keep the fire spreading is getting together with other people for spiritual purposes, for spiritual practices, and, you know, having that that person in our lives, um, you know, which is sometimes a, a series of different people, but really allowing ourselves to form a bond with someone who is already in a state, you know, knows how to get there, has been through the journey themselves, and can hold the space and hold the energy for us to get there, and also a person who is tenaciously good at confronting those conditionings of the past when they arise and showing us how we're limiting ourselves. So that sense of community or, or some kind of guide is very important, like-minded people that, that really can help us as we're helping them to move forward and into greater awareness. What's next for you? What's next for you, Shiva? Uh, what's next for me, I'm just um, now really ready for the launch of Touchstone, which is a very unique um, mentoring and coaching practice uh, that has a totally uh, spiritual focus, but not in the traditional sense. Like one thing that studies are showing now and research is showing now is that people are are evolving beyond the old concept of God, that God is some guy or some being that's out here and I have to get to that or I have to get into a relationship with that. Really, everything is inside of us. And the only thing that keeps us from uh, accessing that, again, is that the ego that hasn't been regenerated. So the unregenerated ego is what stands in the way. So we, um, what we do through Touchstone is we just incorporate all of these techniques and all of these methods that take people into uh, states of higher consciousness and awareness into all of the um, things that we offer. And we focus on working with uh, people in recovery because, you know, if you don't get a spiritual experience, um, you're probably not going to have a very good quality of recovery. And I find that many of the people who come to us actually have many years of sobriety, but they haven't made that leap, you know, into a fully empowered, fully awakened, uh, masterful life. Um, we work with, with people who are seeking that essential life mastery as well, but we do it by uh, connecting you with the higher genius, getting you to get connected with your own genius. And, uh, you know, that's the solution. That's the solution to, to everything. Um, so that, I'm very excited about Touchstone, and we have some really tremendous, uh, specialty coaches that are involved and, and part of our program. Um, I also have a, a new book coming out in a couple of months called Nine Secrets of Spiritual Mastery. Um, and I also have another uh, guide that's going to be really great for people who work with people, which is the uh, Practitioner's Companion Guide, Unlocking the Secrets of Soul Analysis, that will actually show people what's behind the system, how it works, and how to to become a soul analyst yourself. Well, I think that's wonderful, and you are very, very busy. <laughs> tell people, tell, <laughs> tell our listeners, Shabba, how they can get a hold of you, how they can access these incredible books, and and find more information about the Touchstone Mentoring and Consulting programs that you have. Sure. Thank you. Um, the best resource is my website, shavaayima.com. That's my name, C-H-A-V-A-H-A-I-M-A.com. 
Uh, right now, on my site, you can download the ebook of Soul Analysis, What Your Birthday Reveals About Your Spiritual Destiny, uh, for free by going to my site. Uh, Touchstone Mentoring is touchstonementoring.com. It gives you a good overview of the program and also all of our contact information. Wonderful. So before you go, give us, give our listeners something that they can move forward into 2016, some some treasure that's yours, some way of, of enlightening our, our journey. I don't okay. mean that to be soul order. <laughs> no, no, it's great. It's beautiful. We should always be thinking about that, whether it's the new year or the or not. But the new year is kind of a time of rebirth. So if you, you know, setting your intention that this is what you, what you will be and this is what you are and doing everything in the present in that intention, like it's already happening now. Um, so many people set intentions and say, this is what I want and this is what's going to come along and this is what's going to happen. But if you say, this is what I have now, and you start imagining and envisioning that you actually have it now and you live with the joy and the happiness of that that accomplishment already having happened, you will manifest it much more quickly. Setting your intention to realize yourself as the genius is the most important intention you can set because once that happens, you will have everything else. You can never be without anything when you are the genius. The genius is the master of it all. It has all the money it needs. has all the prosperity. It has all the, the interesting uh, work and an interesting mission has all the love it has all the power all the wisdom so just get the genius make that your make that your goal i am the genius i am the genius today i am the genius now and uh you know connect with whatever resources help you actualize that in your life I love it and i am the genius and you are the genius too thank you so much Shiva, for being a wonderful guest. Have a blessed new year, and thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you, Joanne. Many blessings to you and all of your listeners for a wonderful and enlightened new year. Thanks again. Take care. What I'd love you to all to know is that as we are entering the new year, I love what Shavas said, do acknowledge that inner genius. Do recognize that, that that genius is operative and do bring him or her or all of it, that, that both that male and female, into light and into your present reality, which is so very important. Next week, 2016, January 6th, we are going to have Jennifer Manon on. And I'm going to surprise you with what she has to offer. But what I want you to know, very, very dear to my heart, is that you, I mean, we've been talking all about your inner genius, is that you have this ability. You have already within you the genius, the ability to empower yourself, to to power your life, to connect with people, to really create, not only within yourself, but within this this global existence that we are currently involved in to make wonderful changes that move us all forward. So think about that and have a blessed new year. And thanks so much for being a part of my life and a part of Power Your Life. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to my website, 
docwhite.org, D-O-C-W-H-I-T-E.org, or just connect with me, Joanne, at docwhite.com or docwhite.org, and we'd love to hear from our listeners. Thanks so much for being, again, for being a part of our lives and for helping us transform the world. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.